Yes, you're listening to Sick or Non, and this is Bob Madigan, and uh, I hope you're still going to listen later on, dude. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1... Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. One of your hosts, D. Simon. Get down on your knees and kiss this man's feet. I'm Lance Wackerly. If I was that dude, I'd be dreaming of boobs. We're going to stay here all night if we have to, so let's get started. Uh, can I go when this starts to suck? What's up, San Francisco? It's the Barracuda. And I'm the Whack Man. Bam! Coming right at you on the FM dial. How's it going, Barracuda? Not bad, Whack Man. Hey, just Joel the Engineer looks like he had a long night out last night. You looking pretty rough in there, Joel. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. How's the weather girl doing? Nice titties today there, Charlene. I love it when she wears that purple tube top. Hey, Whack Man, is it Flash Your Tits Friday? I think it is. Boo, boo, boo! <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I don't know how long I could keep that going. That's about as long. Well, people, good evening. This is uh, D. Simon here. And I'm Lance Wackerly. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. Uh, the reason I was speaking in my alter radio ego is uh, pretty much because of the new show promo that we just played. It's so professional, it makes me want to be a professional FM DJ. Well, I want to thank Alex for sending that one in. He also sent one in from the week before. He also made a phone prom- a phone sweeper that uh, that we're going to be playing a little sweeper. later. I think that, that's radio what, jargon? I think that's the radio jargon. It's okay. a sweeper, Whackman. Brand new sweeper. Nice. But uh, no, Alex sent those in. And this guy used to be a DJ, I guess, in the Sacramento area. So he has skills in that area. Yeah. And he has equipment, apparently. To- but it's, it cracks me up because it's so, like, you know... The, the professionalism of that sweeper is kind of lost on this unprofessional podcast. Yeah, he's not using like a Macintosh 2 <laughs> Pro and a 386 laptop to produce those. But like what, crack, what cracks me up about it, though, is that it's got all this like exciting like, like yeah. this crazy noise like you're expecting some dude like, you know, the Barracuda. And instead it's like. Hey, this is D. Simon. <laughs> and I'm Lance going? Wackerly. We're in a studio in the Tenderloin <laughs> recording this. But I still like it, though. And we're going to continue using it here on the show. The world of podcast is becoming more professional every day. Yeah, people are going live. We're going to get left behind. Yeah, they have like these mixers. But you know what, dude? I don't care because the listeners like this old-time podcast. Right, you know, we're like the Bartles and James of podcasting, just sitting on the porch. Well, what cracked me up is I thanked Alex in an email for sending in that, that uh, show sweeper, and then he sent me these other two, and he was like, you know what, I'm going to be starting my own podcast, and I was like, you know what, let us know, and we'll give you a link or whatever, yeah, shout out totally. here on the show, and he was like, you know, that would be great, especially coming from a heritage podcast. <laughs> <laughs> is that what we are now, a heritage podcast, once you reach over 100 episodes? Or I thought maybe it's like if you started earlier than 2006 or whenever the hell we started. Then your good old heritage yeah. podcast. There are, there are only there are, back in the day when there was only 50,000 podcasters <laughs> on iTunes. Now there's a million. It's crazy. Oh yeah. <laughs> we don't need no newfangled equipment though. We like these uh, tin <laughs> microphones just fine. But uh, thank Alex. Uh, thank you, Alex, for sending that in. 
So, uh, Wackerly, how was the weekend, Whack Man? This fucking sucked, dude, because you went to some fashion show. Dude, I knew, as you, is I knew your, you were going to bring is that your up. predilection, and I had nothing to do Saturday night but to post a bunch of drunken shit on the forum and watch Battlestar Galactica, which actually it sucks this season, which means that my <laughs> life pretty much sucks. <laughs> no, it's the final. So your girlfriend would love to hear that. It's the final season. She doesn't watch it with me. It's the final season, and so far it just blows. We're like seven episodes in, and all the old BSG goodness is not there. Dude, I'm not going to go into uh, it. This know, isn't the sci-fi podcast, but I'm just saying I'm a little down in the it's dumps. It's lost its luster for you? I, I'm not recharged from the weekend as I normally am because it was so boring. Well, dude, you could have come to the fashion show with me. I gave you a call. Plenty of warning. I called you at like at 8 o'clock. I was like, why don't you come on down to the fashion show? Yeah, I'd probably feel worse if I went to the fashion show. <laughs> You know, dude, I, I knew you were going to ridicule me on air because I went to the fashion show. Well, I I'll give you a chance to get out of it. Was this like a fashion show slash like almost a strip show, stripper show with just sluts like dressed in slutty clothing? Or was this like hot couture? I think it would uh, lean more towards the hot couture. Oh, okay. So no, like. But there were, I mean, there was a lot of skin showing. Okay. And that's what you mean. A lot, of, a lot of cleavage. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Maybe I would have enjoyed myself. And the best but... part about it was like a lot of jailbait showing that cleavage. So it was kind of like reading a barely legal. <laughs> you know, it was kind of, I was like looking at this and like, wow, dude, this is like a tweeny magazine. Did you uh, pop a chub? <laughs> yeah, I was pitching a tent probably for most of it. But I was trying to hide the tent from With my girlfriend. <laughs> in front of you. So I didn't, look, so I didn't get arrested. <laughs> no, uh, my girlfriend uh, did makeup for the uh, fashion show. And so I kind of had no other choice except to go. Right. You got to support her. And it's not like I was there to critique the fashion. I couldn't give a fuck less about the fashion. Right. But was but, everybody else critiquing you? Like, look at that dude with that, like, five-year-old get-up on. <laughs> no, dude, I was one of the salivating old guys that were just in the back of the audience. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you know, Nobody was looking there, at you. Hand down the pants, trench coat on. Were there any famous people in the front row? Like, Actually, Chloe Savigny or you always see all those fashion. The dude from the bass player from Green Day was there. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's real famous. Well, he puts on, he, he bought his wife like a three boutique store. Right. It's the fashion show for his wife. So it's his wife's yeah. dealie. Okay. And his daughter was in it or something. And so he, that douche was sitting there. <laughs> and I, I was just kind of like, whatever, dude. But I mean, it was cool to like, Check out all these hot chicks. But you, but the thing is, my girlfriend's standing right next to me. So when a hot chick comes on stage, I got to be like, well, yeah, that outfit looks great. God, she's got some awesome eye makeup. <laughs> you can't be like, dude, on, those titties. The pleats on those pants are just great. How old did you say? She was? 14. God, titties <laughs> like that. But yeah, no, I did feel like a pervert. But we were only there for a little while, and then we went to... Um, we had headed up downtown Oakland to go over to the radio with a Yeah, couple that's probably of, when I was watching BSG here. I would have come out. With a couple of her friends. We were sitting in the radio, which was quite quite packed. That's over at 13th and Broadway. And so, I don't know, we were there probably to last call. And I, I couldn't drink too much because I was driving my sister's car home. And I didn't want to wreck it because that would have uh, caused some distress in my sister's life. Sister's new car. Yeah. So I, that's it's why a I was, long line of cars that you mooch from people. <laughs> is this the virgin mooch on her car? This is the first time I've driven my sister's car. Mooched her car. Mooched <laughs> her car, yeah. <laughs> this is the first time I've mooched her car. Usually I mooch her, her boyfriend's car. Or your brother's. Who will never let me use his car. So yeah, usually it's her boyfriend's car. And he has no choice but to loan it to me because, you know, he's trying to get my, gain my favor yeah. after all these years. Right. <laughs> after all these years, he's probably trying to lose your favor. But so... 
It's no, you know, it's it. This isn't going to come as a surprise for you. I hate Oakland. I despise Oakland. I right. lived there. We, you know, I lived there for what two years. You're too snobby for Oakland, dude. Oakland sucks. <laughs> and every time I go over there, I'm like, wow, this really kind of reaffirms why I hate this place. But now, do you? Whenever you say this, I always have this question: Is your uh, premise that San Francisco rules, or just that? Oakland just sucks in an absolute fashion, not relatively. Or is it relative to San Francisco? No, you know, dude, the radio's a cool bar. It's just as cool on par with any bar in San Francisco. I can say that. Maybe, maybe the chicks are a little bit hotter and thinner here. But, but no, I, I'm saying— If you that, like them that way, I guess. But, but I'm, more power to you. But I'm saying I'm not judging <laughs> it based year on old that. Look. <laughs> what I'm judging is if you're going to be anywhere— you know, you can be in San Francisco, but the chance of you being caught in a crossfire and getting shot by a stray bullet is so much higher as soon as you cross that bridge and you enter Oakland. I have, case, to, I have to agree with you there. Case in point, dude, we're leaving the bar, driving up Broadway because we we're going to go hit that ghetto Taco Bell right. uh, before but we get but no, before see, got on now, the now you're Now you're, you're minimizing the impact of your story. You're calling it the ghetto Taco Bell, but that's not the ghetto of Oakland. That's no, no. The da- that's downtown. There's lots. Like you said, there's bars. But there's no there. ghetto of Oakland. Oakland is well, the ghetto. There's, it's the ghetto. There's, <laughs> it's becoming Detroit. But let me let me get East to my Oakland story. East Oakland is a lot worse. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm trying to get you to not minimize the impact of your story. So you weren't in the okay, ghetto. No. You were in a normal part of Oakland. Well, I'm what what's I'm considered saying. It's a normal, an part. all-inclusive ghetto. <laughs> you're in what's considered a normal part of Oakland. Oakland's basically a war zone. But so I'm driving up Broadway towards Grand Avenue, so I can go to the Taco Bell over there. And dude, there was some like nightclub, which is kind of near the Paramount Theater on Broadway Avenue, and there was like a forty dude brawl. In the street, in the middle of Broadway. Right. I mean, there were main dudes. Main thoroughfare. Yeah, main thoroughfare. Cars were stopped. 40 dudes. And, you know, I, I don't want to, like, sound racist. But, yeah, they're all black guys. Uh-huh. But they're all, like, bashing each other's heads in with signs. There's full-on fighting. We're sitting there. And then all of a sudden we see this rush of, like, 20 dudes heading right towards our car. Because, I mean, they're fighting. They're, yeah. Dudes are running backwards. Dudes are running forwards. Not like those slow zombies in Night of the Living Dead, but like those fast zombies in 28 Days Later. It, this, was, this was a brawl. <laughs> yeah, like the fast zombies. And so all the cars started backing up, like, really quickly. So Peeling I'm backing out. up, like, holy <laughs> shit, you know, what the fuck's going on? And then, inevitably, you start hearing gunshots. Yeah. And I don't know if they're firing at somebody or firing in the air, but everyone's scattering. Yeah. And so I just, yeah, of course. I, like, flipped a bitch, turned around, got the telegraph, and then just hauled ass out of there. Didn't even go to the Taco Bell. But really? we drove past the Taco Bell and saw three police cars sitting in the parking lot. Yeah. Not doing a single thing. Meanwhile, two blocks away, guys are shooting in the air. That's what happens in Oakland. That's why I don't like to go there. The police in Oakland aren't really like the hall monitors of, you know, high school, whereas the hall monitors, you know, keep the peace. If you knock somebody's trapper keeper on the ground, they come and grab you by the ear and drag you to the principal's office, you know. They keep that shit tamped down. The police in Oakland are more like the janitors at the school. Yeah, they, they clean wait until something happens and somebody's dead. And they bleeding, clean up the corpses, and then they come in. Yeah, they scrub the street off and maybe like look for a shell casing. And then there is no crime prevention there. No, there's no deterrence. No, which is why if you're gonna live in Oakland or visit Oakland, you know, whining like a bitch about how Oakland's like scary is one thing. <laughs> but I think you know you should just own a firearm and, and pack it. <laughs> 
I think you need the pack heat to go right. hang out there. Yeah, I'm going to be getting one because uh, I, I'm sort of more and more. Thinking You're getting a gun. Oakland is in my long term future, <laughs> and yeah, I th- I'm going to buy a handgun. I actually have a book right now that tells you what kind of gat are you going to get there, whack man? I haven't figured it out yet. Uh, are you going to carry it in like the front of your pants or the back? The back, so I shoot my asshole off rather than my balls. <laughs> yeah, but but when you get in an altercation at the local church's chicken, you can just lift up the front of your shirt and be like. You talking to me? But then I would, have to the, get, I would have to get an OG tattoo across my abs. <laughs> and since I don't have abs, that's going to be hard to do. You could get Whackman in Old English script. Or get sick and wrong, actually. That'd be cooler. No, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> Maybe Whackman. But, dude, all I'm saying is you, at any given, any given point in the day, even like let's say 4 in the morning, you can walk at Turk and Taylor in the Tenderloin and feel much safer than you would walking like down MacArthur or Martin Luther King in Oakland. Well, not safe, but, you know, the worst that's going to happen to you is you're going to get mugged. And probably pistol whipped and your right. face just rearranged. And, and the, my other point is there is a section of San Francisco called Hunter's Point in the Bayview, which you're not walking down. You know, you're just as likely to get caught in some stray uh, yeah, drive-by no shooting goes there. bullet. Right. That's the difference. And that's Oakland. why I was redirecting your story a little bit because – you weren't in the equivalent of Hunter's Point in Oakland. You were in, like, the main area. Yeah, like, that was the, in the main area. But the, the bad areas of Oakland, I just won't go to. And if I was, if I found myself there unexpectedly, I would probably just, you know, do a harakiri. But I'm something. just saying Oakland tries to maintain this pretense that, oh, no, we're cool. This is a great place. Come to downtown Oakland. Make a new restaurant, like that Flora restaurant that uh, right. we Right, that's the exact, exact area like, you're talking about. It's like, come over here, and like, you can have this yuppie restaurant, and it's fine. Don't worry about it. A block away, dudes are shooting in the air at each other. Right. but That's other, why Oakland is a war zone. The other thing <laughs> Oakland people that really is annoying is they'll just say, like, dude, it's just multicultural. Yeah, multicultural, <laughs> yeah, multicultural my ass. Getting your head blown up. White people nice. live in fear there. I, that, see, that's not even true. Everybody lives in fear. Yeah, even no. the retards that are shooting each other live in fear. Well, that's why they, they have just a gun. Don't, they, they like they're fine with it. And I you don't know, know, another thing I'll point out: Oakland has like a seventy percent high school dropout rate. So that's what like everybody there is just fucking dumb. They don't have a job. They don't have any prospects of a job. So what the fuck are you gonna do? You collect your welfare check, and try and make people. money by you know dealing crack or robbing people, and there's you have no other option. Not that, I'm still fucking pissed about it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not justifying it, but that's why I'm gonna get a gun. <laughs> so you know that dumb fucking fifth grade graduate tries to come up and you know get my money. I'm gonna blow his. Dude, balls I'm gonna off. talk so much shit when I hang out with you now at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> you talking to me? You speaking to me? Don't talk shit to me. Or I'll Whack fucking, man, get him. I'll shoot you in the foot. Whack that man. I'll shoot you in the foot if you're annoying me. No, but thankfully I didn't get shot in the head or I wouldn't be here to do this podcast. And I wouldn't have been able to go to Bob Madigan's birthday barbecue on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I hope you don't mind, but I because I did talk to you yesterday. I tried to get you to go to that. I did talk to you yesterday afterwards. Um, and then I, I did do a forum posting saying that you had some some developing news about Bob Madigan. It wasn't that he died, because I pointed out that you were no, at his birthday almost. party. almost. But I think so. all the Bob Matta fans, which is a term I coined, should be listening right now. Well, a lot of people... Enjoy Bob. So Madigan. what's going on with Bob? So a lot of people enjoy Bob Madigan. So it came as a surprise to me, dude. I haven't talked to that guy in like three months. I mean, right. I know we had our falling out. We had our falling out, but we reconciled. Re- we repaired that. Yeah. Yeah, but we reconciled. It was fine. It, but then you know, I called him a couple times to have him on the show. He never called me back. So I was like, you know what? Let bygones be bygones. Maybe he doesn't want to talk to me anymore. Right. I don't know. And so 
as luck would have it, he called me on Sunday afternoon and uh, left a message on my phone saying, inviting me to his uh, birthday barbecue that afternoon on Sunday. And so it was weird because I had this like strange notion that something was awry when I heard his message. Like you were going to get jumped? <laughs> no, no. I listened to his voice message and he didn't sound like regular Bob Madigan. He wasn't like... Sanchez, blah, 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 birthday, sick and round. It wasn't like that. It was like, hey, Sanchez, it's my birthday today, and I'm having a barbecue. I'd love for you to come to my house. It's going to start around 5. Feel free to bring a date. And I listened wow. to it, and it's I was like... like a CIA imposter, Bob well, That's what I thought. You know, maybe this is some kind of hoax or something or a trap, like trying to ensnare D. Simon. Right. You know, I didn't know. So, anyway, I was like, you know what? As an act of good faith, I'm going to go see Bob Madigan, wish him a happy birthday, and bring him a 12-pack of High Life. With his a favorite beer. Gift. Yeah, so I stopped over at his house, and carrying this 12-pack of High Life. Was and it then, wrapped? Uh, no, well, plastic bag. <laughs> uh, Jew then, birthday present wrap? <laughs> yeah, Jew wrapping. And so uh, then I realized what was awry. I was the only one drinking in his house. Bob Madigan has been sober for 68 days. Wow. Dude, it was seriously. What is that? That's like 10 months? No. (laughs) In drunk terms. (laughs) But for Bob Madigan, yeah, dude. No, two months. I don't know why I did the math No, it's like two months. But for Bob Madigan, it is like 10 months. An eternity. But, you know, it was. Do you remember that Simpsons when Barney Gumbel and Homer were trying to be astronauts and Barney stopped drinking and suddenly became really fit and he had this Hell like, yes, really I great do. physique? But I mean, he was also speaking like, you know, articulately and right. he was like studying physics. Right. Uh, dude, it was very similar to that. Bob Madigan did not smell like three day old wine and uh, night train and or feet. Mad Dog 2020. <laughs> you know, he, he didn't have that like kind of putrid yellowish hue. Like, you, he usually has that yellowish hue to his skin, I think, because of liver poisoning. Dude, he looked healthy, robust, almost ruddy-faced. His hair was combed, Whoa. and he had bathed. I, I was stunned. I was like, and, and he was just like, Sanchez, how you doing? It's my birthday. I was like, dude, Bob, what's going on here? And I, I gave him the beer. He's like, uh, you know what? I don't need that anymore. And so so was, is this Bob Madigan for president thing actually becoming plausible? That's, that's kind right of what I thought. Candidate? No, you know what? Seriously, I was floored. At least he stunned. maybe could give VP for Obama. I was stunned, man. I was talking to him, and I was, and he was saying, he was like, "Yeah, you know, I went through hell, and it's been about sixty-eight days, and I don't even care anymore." He was drinking a cherry coke, which I guess is his drink of choice now. Diet or regular? Regular. But um, you know what? The, Man's got to have his poison. A couple other people showed up at the barbecue, and they were drinking too. So I didn't feel that, you know. Alone. So I started cracking a couple of high lifes, you know, whatever, dude. You were he, enabled. He's in recovery. <laughs> so I'm not the, letting him have the, any. The other guests enabled you to drink. Is that what you're saying? You tried to enable yeah. Bob, but you were enabled yourself. But so anyway, I was talking to him about it. He was basically, he told me that uh, he had a seizure. His wife had to take him to the hospital. Yeah. He almost died, much like leaving Las Vegas. Remember, he was drinking up to a fifth, fifth and a half a day. And beer on top of and that. And beer on top of that. I mean, dude, it's it's incredible that he it's a miracle that he didn't die. And so he was in the hospital. The hospital was like, This guy needs help immediately, like as soon as possible. So I guess his wife checked him into this facility where you're not allowed to leave and he was in there for sixty days. He wasn't even allowed to see her for sixty days. Yeah. Uh, no no communication in the outside world. And he was telling me some horror stories. So I was like, you know, Bob, you gotta come on the podcast and we gotta have like a you know 
a tell-all. Barbara Walters-style interview. The horrors of rehab? A tenderloin rehab. Tenderloin. And I asked him, I was like, well, how did you rank in severity, like, compared to everybody else? And he was like, oh, dude, I was a lightweight. He's like, there were some people in (laughs) there that were way worse. Bob, you don't have any problems. So so without further ado, I say we give him a call here on the show and uh, wish good old Bob Madigan a happy birthday. All right. Hello? Hey, Bob, what's going on? It's T. Simon from Sick and Wrong. What's up? Hey, happy birthday, man. Oh, thanks. How's it going? Oh, not too bad. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I got to get ready to go to my meeting. <laughs> oh, dude, that's kind of one of the reasons I was calling. Well, first, I wanted to thank you for the uh, birthday barbecue. I had a good time. <laughs> but I apologize for bringing over the uh, 12-pack of High Life. You know, I had I, no idea. I worry about it. It got drunken. Okay, as long as people end up drinking it. But, uh, that's cool. You know, it, it, you know, I don't know what to say. Uh, I've been telling people, you know, if you don't feel uh, you know, like you're going to be uncomfortable around drinking around me. Cause nah, dude, I was, you know, to be honest, dude, I was totally impressed. You totally, yeah. I mean, I was floored. Because at, at first when I got your voicemail, I'm like, wow, Bob's voice sounds different. But then when I met you, I mean, dude, you look, you look fabulous. Thanks. And uh, and not to mention, I mean, it's like, yeah, there are a ton of people drinking. You're drinking cherry coke, and it was cool. Yeah. So, how many days has it been? Uh today it would be sixty-eight. Sixty-eight days. Yep. That's pretty badass. So you go to you're going to a meeting tonight. Yeah. Well, well, Bob, we talked about it briefly at your house, but uh, I'm gonna get you in on the show so you can tell me some of those horror stories. Okay. Well, like the. The first week that I was there, they had me on the first floor, and they would wake me up in the middle of the night and give me Valium. Uh, every two hours, I was getting some kind of something or another. And, well, at least they had you on something, though. Yeah, and I don't even remember much about uh, being there, except for um, they weren't making me go to the AA meetings and stuff. And then they moved me up to the second floor and kind of cut my drugs down and but you, they let you have cigarettes, though, right? Yeah. We're allowed cigarettes once an hour. Okay. Well, and, and, wow. You know, I smoked more. In, uh, I was in Joe, Joe Healy, which, and they have a 21-day program. And um, no visitors. You get to use the phone, and you get to smoke cigarettes, and that's about it. Well, you know, Bob, I know you got to go to a meeting, but I'm going to have to have you come on down here. Sure. C- come on the show, and we'll talk about it, because... I mean, you were telling me, like, you had a seizure and all that, and, like, you kind of sort of had to go in there. Well, yeah, well, the thing is, it's like, um, I knew, you know, for a while, you know, you, you're drinking every day, and you're not having any fun at all. You're just, um, wake up, get drunk, go back to sleep. Well, it's um, an addiction at that point. Yep, yep. So I got pretty bad, and, uh, you know, I didn't hurt anybody. I didn't hurt myself too bad, um... No, dude, I mean, it's it's amazing how your body kind of bounces back once you stop drinking. Yeah. You know but, what I mean? But there were people in, in the uh, place that I was at that were way, way, way beyond repair. And uh, I was like, damn, man, I'm, I'm, I, I, I felt, and I brought this up because um, we had meetings every day, like three of them. And after a while, it gets really uh, redundant because it's the same people locked up and they're pretty much telling their same story every day, sometimes three times a day. And uh, I would like listen to the stories coming out of these guys and say, damn, 
<laughs> These know, guys are fucked up. Yeah, I say I got a beautiful wife. I've got a beautiful house. What am I doing screwing up, man? These guys, all they have is the clothes on their back and veins bulging and all kinds. Yeah, but I mean that's like a reality check right there, though. I mean, when you see something like that. Yeah, well, and you know what? The only difference between pretty much an alcoholic and a junkie is an alcoholic doesn't have to go deal with the underground to get his uh, fix, you know. Yeah, you can Talk just go to a store. Corner, and, you know, so uh, you, you tend not to get into trouble for having drugs on you, and um, you don't get uh, ripped off on the streets and possibly beaten to death or whatever. It's, yeah, it's almost a little... Oh, it's actually quite easier to be an alcoholic. Yeah. But sometimes they're both, though, when you're... You know, a lot of guys in the tenderloin I've seen are obviously like crackheads and alcoholics. It's just yeah. like it's chemicals, you know? Yep. So, well, so, Bob... Um, Quick question before I know you got to go to a meeting, but yeah. were you allowed to bring porn in with you? Porn? Porn. I, you know, um... Because I can understand, like, I mean, I guess 60 days without alcohol, I mean, it's been one of the toughest tests you've ever been through, but I mean, 60 days without porn? Well, I can tell you this much. Um, I had took in some books. I took in um, Everything You Know Is Wrong, which is the book about, uh, you know, conspiracy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Feral Press, right? Yeah, I took that book in, and I took in the uh, um, uh, the, the Colbert Report book. and uh, um, But I had my wife bring down my CDs. I finally got a hold of a, a, a Walkman and shit. And, uh, oh, so they let you have music. The two, the two, I had her bring down like 14 CDs. It was all kinds of stuff. But uh, um, the, two, uh, the two record covers for Fluff Girl... They wanted to take them away from me, and I was screaming and going, that's censorship, I'm so against censorship. And I was like, what about all this rap shit that everyone's listening to in here? Yeah, yeah. They think that these songs are way worse, and we were watching all those shitty, outrated, um, stupid, like, Scream 3, or I Know What You Did. Uh, how so wait, wait, they let you watch like horror movies? Installment. But I Know What You Did the week before last, Three summers. I know what you did last summer. Yeah, that one. Yeah, well, we were watching all that stupid ass shit, and I'm going, and I, all I'm hearing, you know, in the first ten minutes of the movie, fifty people get blown away. That's that's obscene, you know. But yeah, and they won't let you bring a fluff girl CD in there. I brought in two of them. I brought them both in because I wanted some of the people in there to hear what we sounded like. Yeah, but could you have any porno though? Like you weren't allowed I, to bring. I, well, like the one, both of the covers are kind of pornographic. Oh, okay. So um, the and they were having a big fit. They finally did give it to me. I don't think I would be able to get in porn unless I, I you know what? It'd be hard to sneak it in too. Man, well so, we'll we'll have to we'll have to talk about it later. Yeah, and they you know, you on so much drugs, man. You got a limp dick, anyways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, yeah, I'd love to sit down and chat with you. You know, I mean, seriously, it was you were telling me some stories that. Yeah, I was uh, yeah, I was shocked. Yeah, I told the the funny stories and shit uh, for when I get in there, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know what? I'm gonna be gone this weekend because I'm going to Vegas. But in like a week or two, I'll have you come on down here and we'll like have you on the show again. Sounds great, man. All right, man. Well, happy birthday. Yeah, thank you, and uh, have a nice day. Yeah, I'll talk to you soon. All right, Later, bye, dude. I can't believe they wouldn't let him bring porn into rehab.
Yeah, I would be jerking off all the time if I was in rehab, whether I had porn or not. So it would be just the point would be moot. It was like you can let me have this or not. I'm gonna be blowing spooge all over my bed sheets. But he was saying his dick was useless because the meds. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, that's, uh, he was just like I, you know he said. I mean, he was hopped up on like Valium and you know a whole takes s- the edge off a cornucopia. Could he of, smoke? Uh, prescripts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, he said in the in his call that he was allowed one smoke break an hour. <laughs> I wasn't really listening. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're kind of quiet there, and I, th- I think you're stunned. Aren't you I shocked? Said, I'm a little shocked. But and dude, the one, my one question is: Does this mean that Bob's not going to light his pubes on fire anymore? You know, I was wondering about how that's going to affect his stage performance. Actually, I bet you it'll be awesome because he's going to be totally he's focused be on and it intense. And focused. Intense. <laughs> but dude, I mean, you got to admit, doesn't he sound lucid, coherent? A totally, totally different person. It it completely surprised me. VP, can you write in for VP? Can you like say I want to vote for Obama or even McCain? If it but, was, but I want Bob to be the VP. But if it was like an Obama Madigan ticket, I think I think that might win. Obama Madigan, <laughs> Obama Madigan. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I forgot to ask him how old he is, but I think he's like forty four, forty five, something like that. I'm not even gonna venture a guess. Well, you know what? In the next uh, couple weeks, I mean, this weekend I'm going to Vegas, but the weekend after that. Uh, maybe I'll get Bob in here and we can do like an interview and find out some of the true horrors of a tenderloin rehab clinic. Sounds good. Well, happy birthday there, Bob Madigan. Yeah. Many well, happy returns. We got a lot to cover here, uh, whack man with the show. So, uh, we might as well move right along a quick recap of episode 122 from last week. Uh, if you recall, you did a story about a guy who gave himself a do it yourself tracheotomy, right? Home surgery always rules. Uh, listeners send a story about a uh, two in um, two um, industrious youths who made their own skull bong, and uh, I did a story about a ninety-year-old woman who was left to rot in the bathroom because the um, deluded people who lived there thought they could pray her back to life. <laughs> What's that? What was that movie called? Serpent in the Rainbow with with uh, Bill, not Bill Paxton. No, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman. But what was he trying to do, though? Is he trying to resurrect a corpse? No, I think they resurrected him with a voodoo down in Haiti or something. Oh, yeah, that's what happened. I don't know why I thought of that. Yeah, I don't know. The power of Jesus. Because Bill Pullman's awesome. Well, the power of Jesus. That's Je- actor ever. <laughs> the power of Jesus didn't exactly work out in this case. So I ended up winning with 94 votes. Listener came in close with 70, and uh, you're trailing third with uh, 42 votes, Wackerly. People zombie weren't... grandma won. Zombie toilet. grandma, but I, she beat... can't even qualify as beca- being called zombie grandma because she didn't come back. Just toilet corpse grandma. But you know what it was? I think a lot of people were just kind of discussed the fact that two kids weren't allowed to use the bathroom; had to make, have a makeshift toilet. Yeah, trucker Paul style. Okay. So I am enjoying uh, the uh, MGD here. Well, people, you know the way sick and wrong works. Wackerly and I comb the internet for the most disturbing news items of the week, present them here on the show. Audience votes. And a winner gets a case of beer. We throw in a wild card with a listener submission, which you can send to sickwrongpodcast at uh, hotmail.com. Well, um, let me start off episode 123 here. I believe you started last week. Yeah, I think. So I'll kick off the show with my stellar article seriously dude i'm on a winning streak and it's going to continue through this show <laughs> once again a streak is not two wins in a dude, row i have that much faith in this story but it's not a streak because it'll just be a second win 
You think it's going to kick off a streak? Didn't I win last week? That's one. This week? That's this two. one. Oh, wait. Okay. Yeah. No, last <laughs> week, this week. All right. Two. I don't know. I, I don't even remember what we talked about last show. I don't even remember what you just said we talked about last show. All right. Well, listen to this headline. This headline right here automatically equals five stars, but I don't want to bias anyone out there. Son dismembered dad after being raped. Jeremiah Barry says his father wanted son to become his wife. How's that for a headline? It's too complicated for me to figure out what? Son wanted daughter to be his what? What? All right. Pay attention here. <laughs> I'm going to repeat it one more time. I was son, writing a note that I'll stop writing right son now. Son dismembered dad after being raped. Okay. Jeremiah Barry, who's the son here, says his father wanted him to become his wife. So basically what happened, dad was going to make his kid his wife and raped him instead. His boy son. His male son. See, that's where I'm confused. <laughs> well, dude, at least the, uh, the headline draws you in. It's was an attention di- grabber. Was this a direct result of the legalization of gay marriage in <laughs> California this past week? Yes, I blame this on Gavin Newsom. You see the, what the fuck happened? I blame it on Gavin Newsom. <laughs> I know. As soon as you do that, dads start marrying and raping their children. You're going to be my wife now, boy. It's legal. <laughs> <laughs> so my story happened here in Cortez, Colorado. A 20-year-old man accused of killing and dismembering his father told police that after his father raped him, he shot him, skinned him, and then decapitated him, and finally fed his flesh to coyotes. It's hardcore. Yeah. I can it's a good way to dispose of the body because yeah, well, I've get heard rid of, of all of it. It'll just be scat, coyote scat throughout the desert. Well, I've heard of feeding a corpse to pigs, but coyotes? Coyotes is better because they're going to run all over the place and the scat will be distributed Evenly, with, the, yeah. with the teeth and the bones. Uh, but the pigs, it's all going to be shit right there. But then I think they eat the shit and they just constantly <laughs> recycle it till it's completely unrecognizable. I think pigs would devour the corpse faster. That's probably true. Uh, Jeremiah Berry was charged Wednesday with second-degree murder. Police started searching for Jack Berry, his father, 42 years old, after family members in Arizona claimed he'd be, he had been missing for some time. <laughs> uh, deputies later they found— They can tell because, you know, the other children hadn't been raped in a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they weren't getting any calls of a uh, family rape here. Right. What's going on? Uh, Jack is gone, I guess. He, <laughs> has anybody heard of him raping anybody recently? Kids- when was the last time person when he heard about Jack raping someone? <laughs> I'm, we're, I'm getting worried. His kids are walking normal. I, is something going on here? <laughs> <not> bow-legged anyway. <laughs> Deputies later found body parts, some encased in concrete, at various locations in the county. Uh, according to search warrant, a search warrant affidavit, um, Jeremiah confessed to police. He said that on uh, around February 19th, his father told him that God instructed him that his son needed to get a sex change and become his wife. That's quite a plan, an elaborate plan. Well, didn't God say the same thing to Moses? This or must have I, happened. <laughs> this... <laughs> my, 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 burning bush thing, wasn't it? Uh, I don't know the Bible. Yeah. You <laughs> was know, he the I, one? I, I thought it was a different one that to throw his kid off the cliff. Was that Moses? Yeah. That might have been Abraham. Whatever, dude. It's, it's in the same vein. One of those old I think this might have been the Mormon old Bible. Jewy Testament <laughs> stories. Nobody pays attention to that. But you know what, dude? There's like religious extremists out there. There's like Reverend Phelps, the Westboro Baptist Church or whatever. God hates fags. Funerals. But this guy's the worst kind of religious extremist. I mean, this is the kind of 
that forces his son to be get a sex change, become a woman, and rape him kind. It's the worst one out there, dude. <laughs> this must have happened before <laughs> the California decision to legalize gay marriage. Because yeah, this happened it, a couple months ago. He could have ago. took a step out. Yeah, he could have waited. I just made the guy tuck, if that's what he's into. <laughs> so he told him that, uh, you know, obviously he was slightly delusional. Said that God told him that his son needed to get a sex change and uh, become his wife. I couldn't imagine hearing those words coming out of my father's mouth. But it would definitely be a shocker. <laughs> and uh, surprisingly enough, after his father said that, he raped his son. This kid's 20, though, right? Yeah. He's not 11. <laughs> Why doesn't this kid beat the shit out of his dad? Because isn't that, I mean, wouldn't that be what you did? I mean, if your dad he said- raped you, him with the power of Jesus. Like you said, if your dad said, uh, uh, D, uh, I would like you to have a sex change and then we'll, we'll get married. You'd just D. be like, no, fuck you. And he'd be like, okay, <laughs> uh, very sorry for bothering you. And then you'd be done. But if he was like, you're going to do this and then he raped you, wouldn't you just beat the shit out of your dad? I mean, you're 20. Your dad's old. Yeah, I don't really quite understand that either. I mean, you know what? If any man said this, I would definitely fight. But if it was my father? Not really, though. I mean, if if you just turned them down and they said, oh, all right, well, I'm very disappointed, I wouldn't fight that person. <laughs> well, okay, no, what I'm saying is if my father is trying to rape me, right. if a man was trying exactly. to rape me, obviously exactly. I was going to fight. And so okay. this this kid must have been shocked, you know, shell-shocked, because he heard his, his father drop that sex change bomb. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, he must have maybe been, like, too stunned to fight back. Or maybe his dad's a really burly big man. Maybe his dad's like the techno-viking. <laughs> you know, I mean, chances oh, are that— I could uh, only get the techno-viking to marry my sex change self. You know, my life would be perfe that, uh, perfect. <laughs> you know, chances are he might not have been able to fight him off. Uh, he said that after his assault, uh, his father threatened to take him to the mountains and make him his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> as, as Moses and or Abraham took his child to the mountains to throw it off the cliff. Man-boy love affair. Yeah. But no, what, what's happening here, which kind of surprises me, is I don't think his dad's drunk on moonshine. I think his dad is drunk on Jesus. Yeah? And is there, what, what testament is this in? What gospel is this in where Dude, you're supposed to cut off your kid's dick and marry them? This is Book of Mormon. <laughs> this is definitely Book of Mormon. Adam Smith? Yeah, no, this is definitely Book of Mormon. But I guess he also threatened to kill him and the rest of the family, and I think that might have been what uh, maybe caused his son to bend over <laughs> and let his dad come in. Uh, Jeremiah <laughs> Berry said uh, he was obviously enraged by what happened. He shot his father in the back of the head. Stabbed him 199 times with a knife. I think he was keeping count here. And uh, dismembered him with an axe. He said he removed the head, the hands, and the feet, then skinned the body, feeding the pieces of flesh to coyotes. So basically everything we just said about how he'd beat the shit out of somebody, <laughs> he co totally one-upped us. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, we have been humbled. Well, you know what? You think a lot of kids, it's like you get raped by your father, you suffer lifelong trauma, maybe never speak to him again. Or yeah, stand go to in, therapy. Or, yeah, go to therapy or stand at the other side of the room or whatever during family engagements. Go sick dick for money on a corner as a runaway. This is the proper way to get revenge. Yeah. If, and I don't if your family member, your uncle, rapes you, you don't just, like, go to the cops and have press charges. What you got to do is shoot the guy in the back of the head, stab him 199 times, dismember his body with an axe, skin him, and find coyotes to feed him to. Right. I, I got a question about the legal process here. He was pissed off. Can a jury, if this guy goes in front of a court and these facts are presented, can the jury just be like, this guy went through a lot of shit, we understand, 
not guilt, you know, totally free, no punishment, one dollar fine or something like that? Or or does the judge have to say, well, you know, regardless of what was done to him, he did murder this guy and Cuisinart and feed him to some <laughs> wolves, coyotes. You got to give him at least some. Is there, there's like a minimum sentence, right? Well, minimum sentence know, guidelines. He, it surprises me. He's not being charged with first degree murder. It's second well, degree murder. But there's got to be a minimum sentence. Like you can't just do that. Even though nobody faults you, you at least got to go to jail for like five years. Dude, they're not going to let this guy back out. Guaranteed. Well, they'll let him out. He'll get minimum Eventually. He'll get like... Maybe 10 or something. And maybe, like, he'll get out in seven years for good behavior and, like, he'll get psychologically profiled. And the, the psychiatrist will be like, Well, how do you feel now that you're not being raped by your father? And he'll be like, I feel pretty good. And the psychiatrist will be like, Okay, you're free to go. <laughs> He's good. <laughs> as long as his father doesn't rape him. And since his father's in a million pieces, that won't happen. He's fine. Yeah, but I just don't see him ever really getting along with a family anymore. Or maybe, I mean, maybe his siblings are All like, his other siblings you're the savior. And we're being raped by the father also. Love it. He's like their hero. But you know what, though, dude? Don't they always say, what is, what, what's, what is it when a, when a son is, you know, inflicted through this kind of trauma, he ends up doing it on his own child? I mean, it ends up, what, what's, what's the term I'm thinking of here? I don't know, but I know. I mean, I understand the concept. You understand what the concept here? He's going to yeah. internalize Circular this. Circular or something. And or uh, the, yeah, yeah, it's going to come back. Repetitive and, something. So I think, you know, I think it's within reason to assume that uh, eventually he's probably going to make his son his wife. <laughs> or maybe, you know, he'll quit the Mormon religion and uh, become a Jew. Uh, for the next two days, Jeremiah Barry carried the body out of the canyon in five-gallon buckets. The two buckets containing his father's head, hands, and feet he put in a storage room at a local dog kennel. Uh, he just fed it to the dogs. That would have been a better plan. Well, I wonder, where the hell did he find coyotes? Like, did he just go out in the wild and it was just like, and they all came or I mean I don't understand how does that work how do you find coy- how would you find coyotes you don't find them you just put the stuff out and they come and eat it at night so he just probably he's not like- hand feeding them like Bambi <laughs> like Cinder or Snow White you know? well, picture like the call of the wild here or something you know Mowgli. Jack London okay <laughs> I don't think that happened in Jack London either well please seize the buckets with a search warrant and a CT can- scan showed that one bucket uh, which was encased in concrete contained what were believed to be a man's hands and feet <laughs> And uh, so, yes, young Jeremiah, you know, you know, is not going to be his father's wife. That's good. That's good. Things and, are looking um, up. He's, he's gonna going to be in prison. It's going to be a prison bitch. <laughs> he's going to be a prison bitch. But it's not going to be his dad. It sounds to me it's a lose-lose situation well, for maybe, Jeremiah. Though, you know, maybe Jeremiah, you know, you want to know what happened to the last guy who ass-raped me? <laughs> Jerome? His well, repu- let me tell you. His reputation precedes him. Yeah, maybe it'll work out good for him. So on the sick or wrong star scale, I'm giving this five stars. Dude was raped by his dad and, and then, then he... uh, ended up getting the ultimate revenge. Yeah, okay, five. We'll see what the listening audience has to say. What do you have this week for episode 123? <laughs> This story is uh, maybe too close to my heart, and I almost didn't even want to tell it because I don't want there to be implications about my own sexuality. Uh-oh. But a grandmother told um, authorities how she was bound, beaten, and robbed by a gang of ladyboys while on holiday in Thailand. Wackerly, I, I just want to... I want to confirm something here. Did this actually happen, or is this your wet dream that you had last night? <laughs> this is my creative writing <laughs> submittal from uh, 
from my freshman year of college. Wackerly's own personal penthouse forum here. Yeah, my, my two favorite things, old ladies and Thai lady boys. Uh, Brenda Davies is 64, and she was visiting her son at the beach resort of Pattaya in Thailand when she was tied up, gagged, and mugged in front of her daughter-in-law's two young children. Jesus. How she, old was this woman? 64 years old. Man. She said that uh, two of the gang were known locally as ladyboys, transsexuals working as dancers and prostitutes in the area. Did anybody not know what Thai ladyboys are? I don't no. think there's anyone that's sheltered out there that listens <laughs> to the show. The robbers actually, its it sounded to me at first like she was uh, accosted on the street, but apparently the robbers burst into the home of her son, Russell, uh, and his wife, Imelda, which I guess is a Thai name, because remember Imelda Marcos? She had all those shoes. She was Filipino, though. Her, uh, I think this woman's English, and I think her son moved to Thailand and married a, a uh, actual Thai lady. Not a lady not boy. Not a lady boy. It's hard to tell. It's, it's, seriously, it's hard to tell them apart. Yeah, but they have kids, and Thai lady oh, okay. boys aren't capable So she had a working vagina. Working actual ovaries. She wasn't tucking her vagina. penis. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe she stole the baby, but she actually is a lady boy. Um, so these, these, uh, this gang led by these two lady boys, burst into the house and bound uh, this old lady's face, wrists, and ankles with pars- parcel tape. <laughs> parcel tape. So that I think it's like that big, brown, shiny tape. It's wide. Oh, okay, okay. They basically mummified... They use it at the post office. They basically mummified her entire body. Uh, the attackers made off with nine rings... I don't know why she's wearing all this bling in Thailand, but uh, including her late husband's wedding ring, they also took her cash and her mobile. Ooh. <laughs> Mrs. Davies from Bristol, so yeah, she is from the UK, said, I couldn't see or breathe when they wrapped a parcel tape around my head. You sound like the queen. <laughs> uh, no, this is actually the uh, Monty Python's Flying Circus. <laughs> oh. Men in drag as old ladies' voice. <laughs> they tied me up and threw me on the ground and chucked a mattress on top of me. Then they hit me about the head where they took my jewelry. Blimey. You got to be an old, feeble lady when somebody throws a mattress on you and you're like, Oh, I'm, I'm incapacitated by this mattress. Dude, oh, they put the sleeping bag on top of it. It's crushing me. Well, I mean, dude, it's not the pillows. You had to be an old lady to be subdued by a bunch of Thai lady boys. That's true. I think they probably target old English grandmas. What I wonder, though, were they wearing like jeans and boots, or were they wearing like mini skirts and high heels? No, they were in full regalia. <laughs> okay, and it's so actually in their, uh, it's their, a little misleading because, it, and I didn't notice this to begin with, but. They're saying it's a gang of ladyboys, but it's like eight people and two of them are ladyboys, which I guess are the leaders. Maybe the other ones are ladyboys in training. They actually <laughs> – they haven't pupated from the larval stage into the ladybug. Maybe lady, it's like an – butterfly in- ladyboy. Maybe this is some kind of initiation rite that you enter into the Thai ladyboy gang. Yeah, you got to beat the shit out of a couple of grandmas before they, I th- give, I think they, they use give you the, your high heels. The same initiations in the crypts too, they, isn't and it? And they teach you the tuck, proper tucking techniques. <laughs> we'll treat you the secret of the tuck. Uh, she says she's still frightened, and she doesn't like anybody walking behind her after this incident. And she says that... Does she sleep on a waterbed now? Because... <laughs> I don't even know where you're going with that. But... <laughs> no, I'm saying she's probably frightened of mattresses. Right, but wouldn't she be even more frightened of being crushed under... I wouldn't actually... Like, uh, you know, if somebody threw a mattress on me, I would just burst out like the Hulk. <laughs> but if somebody threw a full waterbed on me, now Dude, I might be actually incapacitated. It, I, it's more scary. Is what okay, I, I want to see what type of... Thai lady boy can pick up a fucking waterbed. That's all <laughs> well, I'm there's, saying. There's a bunch of them. They work like, together like ants. 
Yeah, it's all go team with the Thai lady she boys. Goes on, she goes on to say, like like I said, remember, they, they basically completely mummified her head in this parcel tape. So she goes on to say that, I'm lucky to be alive and I'm only here today because I managed to bite a hole in the parcel tape over my mouth so I could breathe. <laughs> what were little kids doing? I don't know. They don't say. I think they ran. They scattered. <laughs> They're like, shit, lady boys, <laughs> get out of here. Every, <laughs> every man and grandma for herself. <laughs> and frat boy. Yeah. Um, that's it. So she. Ended, <laughs> so what did they end up making out with? What, like $40? I mean, uh, no, tw- nine 20 rings. pounds. I mean, I, I'm assuming this isn't uh, costume jewelry. So nine gold rings with diamonds and shit on them. I, I still don't know why she has all this bling on. Bling. I used the word bling twice in the story because I'm Oakland. down with the streets. You live in Oakland. You're about to get a gat. You can use the term bling. Yeah, right. Uh, and they got her cash. They don't specify how much. I assume it was 20,000 million bot, which equals like five bucks or something. <laughs> like, yeah, three pounds, I'm sure. <laughs> but you could live on it in Thailand for probably like, yeah, like years 10 and years. years. Uh, in, her, in her mobile phone. That's all it is. I don't know. They're not, they, you know, nobody's caught any of these guys because, you know, you see one lady boy. How do you know that one's different than so, that? They all look all those late Thai lady boys look alike. So Wackerly, have you ever been to Thailand? Mm-mm. So let's I'd say I'd like to go, not for this reason, but just because I like Thai food. The Thai lady boys, Thai food and the beach and everything. Like I said, is cheap. I think it's a good time to go. And People the dudes look go, like chicks. And my girlfriend keeps wanting to go to Europe, and it's like the exchange rate blows. It's like you're gonna pay twice what anything's worth just because the dollar sucks. But you, I want to go to like Thailand or something fucking Burma. But, well, but I guess it's yeah, not with the, the time cyclone to go to Burma, but somewhere where everything's cheap. But let's including say the lady boys. I heard things are shaking in China, but uh, <laughs> that's bad. Let's say though you went to Thailand hypothetically here, and this happened to you. You're you know. Uh, overcome with a mattress and you're robbed whatever tied up by some lady boys would you ever fully be able to recover like would you come back and come on sick and wrong and be like so dude i was uh robbed by a bunch of lady boys or would you keep that like a deep buried secret <laughs> no I would, I would own up to it i would bounce back and own up to it i would just multiply the number that were there you know if there were three all of a sudden on SW, there would be like 15 <laughs> that I was swarmed by. And they all had their like stilettos out, like razor blades. Yeah. Or I could be like, well, I was overcome. Like all the blood rushed from my head as my penis became engorged by the lady boys. Actually, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not into Thai lady boys. So- I, I like my trannies with an actual thick big cock. <laughs> Because that's when you really know you're getting a tranny. I thought you liked the thicker ones, though, anyway. That, too. That's why I'm not into the lady boys. You like the ones with the beards. (laughs) So on the sick and wrong star scale, I was going to give this three stars because no one was really injured in the story. Just some old English bird was robbed. But that accent was so damn good. I'm going to give it four stars. Bonus. Four stars. You get an extra star for that accent. Dead on. points, Dead on. That's how every English person's grandmother sounds. All right, I give it four and a quarter. All right, we'll see what the listening audience has I to say g- I about I give it a quarter one. inch for the size of the Thai lady boy's penis. <laughs> <laughs> quarter star. Dude, there's going to be so many good clips that people are going to get out of this. I don't this care episode anymore. For I'm not songs. censoring myself. We're gonna, just going to get like a deluge with I'm songs. not censoring myself any longer. So, uh, interestingly enough, I've never actually done this on the show, but for the listener submission, I'm going to do an honorable mention. 
We I did pick one definite listener submission story to do today, but so I want to give this guy an honorable mention. It's the not, honorable mention's coming first, and then the next yeah. one will be because I'm going to be confused when I'm making the voting. There, there's not going to be voting for the honorable mention. Okay, but I'm it, still going to be not, confused which is which. But this first one is is the honorable mention. The next one's the actual. Yeah, so this is the runner-up. Okay. The next one's the actual. Sure, story. I'm going to write this on my hand. But it was it was that good that I wanted to give this an honorable mention. So Weeza sent this in, Australian listener. He says, "Not sick and wrong, but damn funny." This guy really knows his priorities. Here's the headline. Seatbelt for beer slab, not for five-year-old. A driver who buckled up his slab of beer, but not his five-year-old boy sitting next to it, has shot police who pulled him over in Australia. What the fuck is a slab of beer? You know, dude, it, it totally cracked me up. Because I was just like, I was reading this, and I'm like, you know what, dude? They're, that, that's what's wrong with Australia. they got to have some backwards-ass definition for everything. Their own term for everything. What is, like, it? what is it? What is a, a kangaroo is a fucking rat, okay? You know? <laughs> and a fucking slab of beer is a case of beer. A 24-pack. Oh, no, I know what they're talking about now. What, dude? It's a slab. A slab is stone. A slab of concrete. No, it's the shape. Remember, here's why you're, ha- you're being confused. Because you remember back in college, back in 95 through 97, or however long the hell you're there, cases used to Too be... Too long ago. <laughs> cases used to be flat. Like, it would be all the beers flat laid out in sort of a box. A rectangle, a right? A rectangle. Like a slab. Like the, uh, the like monolith this- in 2001. That shape. That's sort of slab-shaped. But why you're confused is because now, in the States, they, now they, the cases of beer are in cube forms. It's like two layers on top of each other. It's more of a cube. It doesn't but look it, like a slab Regardless of the container, it's a case that holds beer. Right, but it's slab-shaped. And you know what, though? It's a moot point that we're even arguing this. Because they say we're, it's a moot point that we're even arguing about this because... You know, this guy can say he had his slab of beer, but you know it was just one big giant can of Foster's <laughs> with a seatbelt around it, that's dude. Because really <laughs> that's slab. really what they're drinking. Yeah, right. They say slab of beer, but slab of beer, it, it doesn't refer to a case. Big giant can of Foster's, mate. Right. And a big straw ready to poke right into the top. But, I mean, you know what, dude? I totally agree with this guy. I would have much rather lost my son than that beer. At least you can make another son. You can't make beer. Well, you can unshake your baby. You can't unshake <laughs> <laughs> so uh, thanks, Wisa, for sending that in. Not sick and wrong, but very funny. It's not if they would have gotten into an accident, the kid would have died, but the beer would have been unharmed. That <laughs> the dad was good, wasted. Good, good sick and wrong story. Yeah, you don't want to puncture that big can of Fosters. So uh, the actual listener submission this week came from a guy who calls himself Pig's Eye. I don't know. Pig is kind of like a theme here on the show. Right. Pig Boy Pig Taro Boy. and uh, Pig's Eye here. He says, hey, guys, I've only been listening for a few months, and I saw this article, and I want to lay claim to it now before any other jerk can. I do like the use of the term jerk. Yeah, that's a good one. It's very light on the details, but I promise I'll send you any updates I can find to flesh it out a little. It's quite tantalizing in its vagueness. I like to imagine all sorts of scenarios as to why this weirdo would do this. On another note... I'm not sure if you've used Killdozer's closing music, but you should. They're Wisconsin's finest contribution to human culture. Nearly any song they ever recorded would be appropriate. I won't send any with this email, but say the word and I'll send a few lowlights. Uh, Pig's Eye, never fear. I'm quite familiar with the band Killdozer, one of my favorites. We're going to end the show, Sing Wrong Song of the Week, with a Killdozer song. But, do you know where the name of that band came from? Wasn't it like a bulldozer killing machine, that horror movie? 
I don't know. If, I don't know if there's a movie, but I've read the story by thought- Theodore Sturgeon. Like a science fiction writer from the 50s. It's all these astronauts go to some other planet. It might be a made-up planet or Mars or something. Uh, And uh, there's like some remnants of a previous expedition, and one of them is a sentient bulldozer that kills people. The killdozer. (laughs) And that's where the killdozer came from? I don't see how how they could have got the name from that, Uh, but it's an awesome story. I I, highly recommend it. I didn't think it was possible. Theodore Sturgeon as in the fish. I've even gained more respect for the band. But but you know what? Hold on. We'll play at the end of the show. So uh, Pig's Eye sent in this story. Great story. I saw this myself, but I had to give it to Pig's Eye. He lingered near the wood chipper. Then he dove in. Roseville work crew unable to stop a parent suicide attempt. Man ends up living. I guess this happened in Michigan, Roseville, Michigan. Yeah. From a, I used to live in Michigan. I can understand the sentiment. <laughs> from 13 feet up, Josh Thompson saw the man coming, jogging actually, and then suddenly breaking into a full sprint. By the time the man dove arm first into the massive tree chipper meant to grind 21-inch diameter trunks in a matter of seconds, Josh Thompson leapt to the ground, frantically yanked on the safety lever, shutting the machine down. <laughs> But it was bad. The man who had been wandering uncomfortably close to the industrial-grade tree chipper for about 15 to 20 minutes beforehand had his arm and shoulder pulled into the teeth of the machine. So, Wackily, at that point, you saw this guy loitering about. He dives full sprint, dives headfirst into the chipper. Uh Uh-huh. Would you save him at that point, seriously? Would I hit the stop button? Yeah. The emergency manual override button, the emo button. <laughs> That's what it's called. Um, I don't know because, like, yeah, okay, I agree. Yeah, if the guy I could, wants to end his life, if I could like check him or something and get, you know, he wouldn't jump in at all. That's one thing. But if I hit the off button now. He's just mangled for life, <laughs> and he's half in and half out, and you got to pull his. And you got to pull him out, and. Uh, there's probably guts and organs and yeah. innards. I think if I really couldn't stop him from getting into the giant funnel that leads into the blades, <laughs> at that point I think I maybe would you know, turn it into high gear to make sure that the job was done right. But you know what, though? You know everyone, every landscaper, tree chipper guy has probably been talking about, yeah, dude, I wonder what would happen if a human fell through this. You ever see the movie Fargo, blah, blah, blah? Yeah, This Fargo. is your chance to see what would to happen really what if happens, a human dove. Yeah. And this guy voluntarily did it right so i would not have flipped the button i would have been talking about it on sick and wrong the week later <laughs> which we are going to do anyways <laughs> yeah uh, heavy block-shaped teeth meant to grip and pull rather than grind were closing upon the man's head with thirteen thousand pounds of pressure his hand may have reached the spinning grinders three feet inside but he was alive mangled but living <laughs> <laughs> but his arm is gone right well, it's about a second later, and it would have been over. I guess the RPM on that thing probably wouldn't drop half a point with a human body going through it, said Corey Graholsky, vice president of the landscaping company here. Uh, two other crew members pulled the man out, a fourth called 911. Though the man's right arm, shoulder, and chest area were badly mangled, there was hardly any blood, the workers noted with surprise. I was yeah. kind of surprised about that, too. That makes no sense. Maybe all the blood was sucked into the machine and well, sprayed out the other end. I spraying blood yeah. everywhere. I'd know? be like, I don't want to get hep from this dude. Get the fuck <laughs> back. I'm not grabbing him. They told the man to relax. He appeared to, saying not a word. His eyes just <laughs> kept called, rolling back and that's forth. That's called shock. <laughs> it's not relaxation. It's your body shutting 
down. Take it easy. <laughs> oh, yeah. You want to... Mangled man. Have this camel light, man. <laughs> you have a toke on this. Oh, wait. You don't have any lips. Yeah. I'm so, sorry about I'll, that. I don't know. I'll, I'll shotgun you. <laughs> Crew members, including Grohalski, who left the site minutes before the incident happened, had yelled at the man several times to stay back. He looked Before kind of, he took the dive. Yeah, he had been loitering for like 15 to 20 minutes, just kind of checking out the machine, probably, you know, figuring out his best route, maybe. See, that's fucking. That's when you go after the guy <clears throat> with the leaf blower and the weed whacker, and you're just like, get the fuck out of here, man. <laughs> Hit his ankle Stay a couple back. times. Yeah, like, fuck you. Here's a great, a great quote here. He says, he looked kind of mopey, head down. I yelled at him to stay back once. He said, okay, and he walked away. You know, men who are contemplating suicide by running into a wood chipper tend to look kind of mopey. Wouldn't They're you also say? persistent. <laughs> Once you get to that point where that's an idea in your head that's viable, you're not just going to let some like lawn guy tell you to Talk get the you hell out away. You're no. Like, no. That's why you got to hit him with the weed whacker. Another guy here that worked on the crew, one of the witnesses, said, Have you seen the movie Fargo? <laughs> I saw his feet in the air. That's something you would never imagine happening. Dude. His arm was dangling out. His guts were hanging out all over the place. His head was all cut up. This landscaper's a walking cliche. We all <laughs> knew you were going to bring up Fargo. <laughs> yeah, you know. You know someone's going to bring it up. Wood chipper, it's automatically connotes Fargo. I know. Um, there's no way to prevent this kind of intentional entry into the machine. I mean, basically, <laughs> it's just one huge like opening, isn't it? Yeah, and and to tell you the truth, there are many ways you could prevent that. You could have like a flap that uh, you know, or some button you have to push to push something in. But that's but not how they work. I would have dove right through the flap. Yeah, but you could have like a well, yeah, whatever. I'm just have my safety officer hat on. Employees at a business across the street from the scene said the man's torso and head appeared to be entirely wrapped in gauze as he was placed into the ambulance. You know, that dude's just probably one really upset man. He's probably really mopey now because he didn't succeed. And he's going to be going through life as a mangled carnival sideshow freak. Right. I mean, think about it, dude. Mangler. <laughs> he's Maybe never going to get He probably didn't get laid before. Now, no chance. Unless it's one of those really weird chicks who's into, you know, scarification and that sort of thing. <laughs> well, apparently here, Wackerly, surprisingly enough, suicide by wood chipper is not unheard of. Huh. In 2001— I would think it was very unheard of. I thought it would be rare, but no. In 2001, a 43-year-old Canadian woman left a four-page suicide note before throwing herself into a wood chipper on her family's acreage near Ottawa. She died. In 2000, a Phoenix man killed himself with a wood chipper— and tried to drag his fiance in with him. <laughs> the fiance ended up surviving. <laughs> you know, if you're gonna do it, you gotta bring her with you. Yeah, come on, come on. I mean, no, no, no. Seriously. Come on, come on. No, no, no. <laughs> come on, baby, you bitch. <laughs> yeah, it'll be so romantic, like uh, Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> it's like the no, trauma version no. of Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> there is a trauma version of Romeo and Juliet. It's called Tromeo and Juliet. <laughs> I kind of figured there would be. So on the sick and wrong star scale, got to give him uh, points for ingenuity here. I'm going to give this 4.75. Would have been a full five <laughs> you, had he died. You gave your story a five and you're giving this less than a five. No one was skinned. Biased. No one was fed to coyotes. Biased. The guy didn't die. This gets a five and I'm backing my score off on yours by a quarter point to a 4.75. Dude, I defy people to vote for this story over mine. A guy takes a flying leap into a wood chipper. Whether he's <laughs> successful or not, that's that's five stars. 
All right, all right. I up we my did, score. We did I that, up my score to five. We did that show where we said, you know, what the best or top ten ways to commit suicide were. And, and we, we didn't even we have one chipper. Because it wasn't even plausible. I'd never heard of it before. I mean, I, I, it would have been unheard of. And now it's heard At of. At that point. Now yeah. it is heard of. Now it's happened. All right. So I give it five stars. People, we invite you to vote as to the most sick and wrong story of the week here, episode 123. Go vote at our website, sickandwrongpodcast.com. You can decide who won this episode. Feel free to call the sick and wrong junk dial line. You think that dial a slut chick is busy? 206-666-3846. At 206-666-3846. Can I help you, sir? Well, wackily, we're nearing the end of the show here, and as usual, we tend to get to uh, phone calls and listener email. So we got a number of calls to the sick and wrong drunk dial line. 206-666-3846, as you just heard in the new Sick and Wrong Phone Sweeper. Yeah, Barracuda. <laughs> Made by Alex. But dude, wasn't that pretty sweet? Even the Beavis and Butthead? Yeah, I like all the interstitial quotes from stuff like Beavis and Butthead and movies and stuff like that. But you know you know what's cool about it is that uh, I could never do that. <laughs> I, you know, I, I can produce a podcast. But I mean, seriously, like a Down syndrome kid could do this. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> couldn't make. Of your I couldn't put all those cool noises in there. Like, I think you have to you know, be in the industry and go to you know radio trade shows to get those sounds. Yeah, but I wonder, like, does it have like okay, insert you know, lightning bolt noise and electric noise shocker? That's exactly here or what something. It is. You know, I <laughs> let's get everybody all revved up. But yeah, that, that's a pretty sweet uh, phone sweeper. Better than anything I could ever do. So uh, yeah, let's. Um, we got we got a number of calls. Vietnam guy, trucker Paul, and a couple of new people here called into the sick and wrong drunk dial line. So yeah, let's uh, get uh, let's get this started. That's as opposed to like a strawberry margarita, which is for chicks. Yeah, and I'm sure they're not blended. I'm sure they're on the rocks. <laughs> Are they green or yellow? I always thought they were yellow. No, I think they're kind of greenish. All right. I uh, wish I knew where he lived. On Tuesdays, I'd go over there and we'd hammer some out together and listen to Sick and Wrong. He sounds like a cool shit, but he was all scared about or was grossed out about the uh, period uh, painting. And uh, I don't know, when I heard the story, I was just like, what a waste. You got to go down and eat that shit. <laughs> That's like the best thing, man. You got to earn your red wings. When Antoine comes again, you got to go down. Down, down. <laughs> Later. <laughs> God, dude, Trucker Paul rules. Yeah. My new term for that, uh, Aunt Flo, is when Fro- Flodo Raggins comes to town. <laughs> Flodo Raggins? Right. <laughs> you know, uh, it's you know, no, no um, surprise to, to our listeners, because if you listen to episode 25, I earned my Red Wings a long time ago. And I think I recounted that tale when we had my brother on, and we all talked about our own sick and wrong stories. Yeah. I have no problem with the, the 
the menstrual blood. I have a problem with the bitchiness that comes along with it. Yeah, exactly. But you know what, though? I, I tend not to eat my girlfriend out when she's on the rag. And that goes for yeast infections, too. Yeah, that's more of a one-night stand type experience. It gets kind of messy when it's your girlfriend. Because your girlfriend's kind of like, you know what? I don't even want to deal with it. But if I do end up eating her out when she's on the rag, I make a point of kissing her afterwards. <laughs> so she can share in the fun. Well, so you know what's funny is uh, Trucker Paul called and left a message. He also sent us an email in all caps. It's great. You know, it, it kind of cracks me up. Yeah, all caps is the official email style of truckers everywhere. So uh, Trucker Paul writes, I'm finally at a fucking computer. Here's the pics I promised from inside my truck. Keep up the great podcast. Love the photos of what listeners think I look like. Was going to send a pic of myself, but I like to keep you fucks guessing. Where are all the BBW titties on the forum? The little girls are for little boys. I want huge tits and huge asses, please. I'm with Trucker Paul. <laughs> he says, P.S. Shirt size, double XL, you goddamn Jew. Your delivering friend, Trucker Paul. You know, I kind of agree with him. Although I, I think Trucker Paul likes the, you know, voluptuous vixens. Yeah, as but, do I. But, you know... But I'm not one one to discredit any titties on the forum. So women, feel free to submit all of your titties on the forum. Yeah, I don't want to discourage anyone either. But if you have big, beautiful breasts, write Trucker Paul on each titty and then take a picture of it first. <laughs> TP. Because I'm sure TP would love it. Uh, we also got a call here from the Vietnam dude. So uh, let, let's play that one. There's only two options, kill or be killed. A uh, D... And Wackerly, I'm, uh, it's, it's Margarita Thursday because I had to be with family on Margarita Tuesday, so I had a, and, and it was fucked up today, and I'm, I'm still pretty fucked up. <laughs> so this me, I always thought that Margarita Tuesday was an event independent of what Vietnam dude was doing. I thought that maybe like, you know, there was a bar nearby his his apartment where they had like two dollar margaritas, but apparently. Vietnam dude makes it margarita whatever day, whenever he feels like drinking margaritas. I think whenever Vietnam dude gets schnockered on margaritas, it automatically becomes margarita day of the week. So it's like if it's a Friday, it's margarita Friday. If it's a Wednesday, margarita Wednesday. Right. Or just like margarita <clears throat> month. You know what I think it is? It's like when the, when the disability check comes through, <laughs> it becomes margarita day. I think you're right. But I just wanted to call you guys and tell you you guys are doing a really good job out there. You're, uh, you know, fucking uh, just really sick and wrong. And that blood shit did make me fucking puke. I don't care about all the guts and gore and all that. That fucking shit was sick. And that uh, superhero that pulled off his arm and beat people to death, he was fucked up. You're supposed to pull the arm off of your opponent and beat him to death with the wet end. Hey, man, you guys keep it sick and wrong. I really like this podcast. And I, uh, I got to go yell off the window at fucking winos and bums right now. Uh, and you know what, too? Don't be spending your money on a $10 lot lizard. So when you go down and spend $2 at 4 o'clock in the morning, and those fucking crack cores will do any fucking thing you want. Believe it. They'll do anything you want. Because I worked midnights for fuck a long time. Uh, hey, keep it sick and keep it wrong and fuck well. Uh, oh, yeah. Hey, goodbye. <laughs> Dude, Vietnam dude rules. Right, but he has uh, certain themes that he sticks with. Well, you know, which makes me think maybe we should ask him some specific questions to sort of probe the depths of the Vietnam dude's life. Right. Well, what I find interesting about it 
to me, he kind of has a very idyllic ex- existence. I mean, Vietnam dude's life basically revolves around margaritas and crack whores and yelling at and winos yelling and bombs. <laughs> but dude, I mean, think about it. I mean, that just sounds like a peaceful existence. No stress from your boss breathing down your neck. No deadlines. All Vietnam dude has to worry about are margaritas and which wino he's going to be yelling at. And which crackhead he's going to be paying. Yeah, for, right, for a sex act. But you know what? You do, you do bring up a point there, Wackerly. I want to find out a little bit more about Vietnam Dude's life we'll aside te- from te- the hookers wanna, and the margaritas. We want to tease some information out of him. So, so from, that, from that call, he said he worked midnight for, for years. Well, what does Vietnam Dude do for a living? Yeah. So Vietnam guy, what do you do for a living? I didn't understand whether that meant that he got – because he said, you know, 2 o'clock is the time to find a crack whore. So does that mean he's getting off work at midnight, has a couple margaritas, then goes out and finds a a crack whore? Or or more sounds like when you work – he goes to work at 12, and while he's on the clock, he finds a crack whore, which sounds better to me. But, I mean, I still wonder what it is that he does where he can have the time to go find crack whores. Right. So so what we want to find out what his current job is. Yeah, and I also want to find out a little bit more about the Vietnam experience. So I wonder if Vietnam dude did any fighting, like actual fighting, like if he was in the bush, in the shit. Right. Was he in the infantry or was he like a supply-side logistics type dude, you know, working in the warehouse? Or, or what exactly – what happened in Vietnam? Let's go back there. Yeah. So, so maybe next call, uh, Vietnam dude can uh, tell us about some of the uh, Vietnam experiences. It'll be like the epi- it'll be the platoon episode of Sick and Wrong. I think that's good, good idea. But uh, you know what though, Vietnam dude does sound like a cool guy, and I bet you Trucker Paul will get along swimmingly with him. I I agree. You, you guys should hang out. I think Vietnam dude lives in or around Chicago. I think yeah. we established that before. I think so. he said he lives in the Chicago area. So Trucker Paul, next time you're heading through Chicago. Uh, head up through there on a Tuesday or a Thursday and do some margaritas with a Vietnam dude. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to move on to this next one? This next guy has some type of a uh, – he's coined a sexual maneuver. Yeah, this, this one's kind of an interesting guy. New caller here. What's up, fuckers? Uh, I got a cool thing for you. You know, there's different uh, sex acts. You know, I got different names and stuff. I got one something – I got one that I dubbed. Uh, it's called the Butt Nut Rebound. The butt nut rebound. That's when you uh, when you uh, bust a nut in someone's ass, okay? And then you, you, you kneel down in front of their ass, and they fart it right back in your face. Oh, it's awesome. Oh, God. So good. So wait, he, he called back again, though, to explain it further. So we'll, let's play the second call here. Hey, sick and wrong. This is... Uh, meat from Dead Sexy. I'm the one that left the message about the butt nut rebound. I just did it to my girlfriend. So I pretty much, uh, uh, I, I busted a nut inside her ass, and then I faced it, and she plowed me with it. It was awesome. Oh, God, you guys gotta try it. <laughs> so, so, dude. I'm not gonna be trying it, <laughs> Well, I, I want to state two things. One, I'm definitely not going to be trying this. And two, Dead Sexy here, or whatever he called himself... <laughs> Completely misinterprets the point of these sex moves. So these sex moves were created by misogynists who never probably ever have sex themselves to humiliate and degrade the women that they're not ever going to have a chance to have sex with. In their imagination, degrade degrade their imaginary ways. These sex moves, the Dirty Sanchez, the Donkey Punch... 
you know, the jelly roll, whatever, the angry dragon, the rusty trombone. trombone. These are imaginary sex, sex moves that are basically just wish fulfillment for dudes that never have real sex. Right. And they're like, I'll restate what you just said, but they're meant to degrade the the female. Yeah. Fucky. But when, yeah, but when you're busting your nut and the female farts the semen into your face, it's backfiring on you, literally. <laughs> right. Literally, se- there's blowback move. going on there. Your sex move has, has blown back on you. Yeah, there's blowback from the sex. You're being humiliated with the cum and fecal matter in your face. Yeah. So, yeah, th- this isn't working. Th- that's not a definition of like, you know, that, that doesn't, you don't equate that what did he call it? The butt nut rebound. You don't equate the butt nut rebound with Dirty Sanchez. This guy probably gives himself a Dirty Sanchez. He probably like shoves his finger in his ass, wipes the soil finger across his lip, and was like, dude, it's awesome. The only way this could work is if uh, an actual female or a gay man were using the term. And they said, yeah, my boyfriend wanted to have anal sex. And I didn't really want to do it, but I, he insisted, so I gave him the butt nut rebound. You know, he, he finished off in my butt, and then I said, hey, John, <laughs> I think the condom's stuck in my butt. Could you go look for it? And then when he went down Just there, blasted him. blasted him with the cum. Yeah, because then he's being humiliated right. or I degraded. Right, I butt nut rebounded my boyfriend. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, it exactly. You, you don't butt nut rebound your girlfriend because it's getting done to you. Yeah, so I, I think he kind of misses the point of it, but... You know what? Thank you for calling that in. Yeah, and, even uh, if he misses the point, it is now in the lexicon. Yeah, it's in the lexicon. We have now learned a new term. Uh, dudes, you, if you really want to be humiliated yourself, go have your girlfriend give you a butt nut rebound. <laughs> well, that about does it for phone calls. People, call the sick and wrong drunk dial line at 206-666-3846. Um, yeah, we, we love to hear what you have to say. Uh, we also got an email here from uh, Young Andrew who uh, is basically asking us a question, you know, asking us experienced San Francisco dwellers a question about the city. He writes in, Dear Lance and D, I'm a college student and a San Rafael native. San Rafael's in the North Bay, yeah, just north of San Francisco. I'm a San Rafael native that listens to your podcast. My 21st birthday is next year, and I wanted to go to the seediest bars in San Francisco. I thought you two would be the best people to ask. Just don't send me to any bear clubs that Dee's brother would go to. <laughs> send me an email with your response, or if you put it in a podcast, um, send me an email anyway. I have shit to do and don't usually listen to every podcast. What the hell, dude? What's more important in your life than sick and wrong? Seriously. But, uh, you know, you came to the right people, young Andrew. Uh, we can recommend <laughs> young Jedi. Yeah, we can recommend. Padawan. We can recommend many CD bars here. I think uh, as a 21 year old, you probably haven't been out to any bars, right? Especially any you bars in start San Francisco. Out, you want to start out with the seediest bars possible with your drinking career, because then every bar you go to thereafter will just seem so classy and great. Well, I think it's best to go early though, because that's when you see the true de- degenerates, like the real, like you know, lifetime drunks. Yeah, like early if you go at like day. four, yeah, like three or four <laughs> in the afternoon, that's when the hardcore, you know, drunks. Are I tend to agree there. because later at night, you know, nine, ten, eleven, you're gonna see probably a lot of people just like you, tourists, CD yeah. bar tourists, and and you're not right. going to the CD bar to see other CD bar tourists. You're gonna encounter the urban pioneers, the urban adventurers right. that kind of tend to go to all the. CD you want to see you want to see the real CD drunks and those guys are serious, hardcore career drinkers, and they start drinking early, and they pass out early. So if you want CD, 
I recommend the tenderloin. The first, the main reason I recommend the tenderloin is just the sheer amount of bars. I mean, there's so many bars. If, you could if do the corn- a complete pub crawl, like 50 bars. If a given corner in the tenderloin doesn't have a liquor store on it, it has a bar. Yeah. So and I mean, both of them have crack dealers out front. So you can just brown bag to the next bar, get right. wasted to the next bar, brown bag to the next one. But uh, a couple bars that I might recommend, I would start off in the Turk and Taylor area. There's, a, there's like, I don't know, like seven bars in that corner. Right. But one in particular is Aunt Charlie's. It's this like old, weird tranny bar. It's not a bear club. It's like this weird tranny bar. Right. And if you go and there. it's scary. <laughs> Drinks are like $2. If you get not that this will help this guy because his birthday is coming right up, but for all the other listeners, if you go there during Christmas time, <laughs> they have uh, a Christmas display, which is like a train with snow and some Christmas presents on it. But it's actually mounted on the ceiling, so like upside, upside down. down. Yeah. So there's snow kind of like on your head, and it's... the train is going above your head. And and if you're getting you know doing lots of shots, it's a real drunken experience. Yeah, it's kind of disorienting at first, but then once you've done a few shots, you're like, yeah, that's normal. It's yeah. like Winter Wonderland upstairs on the right. ceiling. Right. And, and the bartender is the guy who who sort of designs it and puts up all the decorations, and you can sort of talk to him for hours about all yeah. of his efforts and his improvements that year. But then you can go and stop at a liquor store and go hit some of the other bars in the area like the uh, the high tide the ha rod the cinnabar is another creepy asian bar that's over yeah, there yeah um they have food the cinnabar you can get like peanuts on a styrofoam plate so if you're hungry go get some cocaine from some dirty mexican at the brown jug yeah true that's a, that's a good time and uh one of my favorites is a place called the comeback club k-u-m-b-a-k club which is funny because i only it's went on there, leavenworth i only went there once and i never came back <laughs> have you ever been back there <laughs> oh dude i go there all the time that place is great you don't know why that place is great if you want to go to a bar that you're not going to be recognized you're not going to be bothered I mean, you're not going to see anyone. The chances of you seeing anyone you know there is like 2%. Plus, aren't they all like Korean? So if you're a white guy, they yeah. just think you look like every other white guy anyways. But what's funny, what they give you as like bar favors or whatever is like these weird like Korean peanuts and yeah, like they also dried have food squid there, right? and all sorts of weird shit. Yeah, the it's, food there is questionable whether you really want to eat it. Dried shrimps. But I recommend just go get drunk at some of the seedy bars in the loin, then maybe go hit like the hipster bar, like Hemlock, or uh, which is up on Polk or yeah, the it, Edinburgh Castle. But do that way when you're really drunk, and when you finally go hit on right. a chick, you'll probably puke on her. Right. But that should be the goal. That should be in the itinerary. But if you're actually sober enough by the end of the night to make it there, you kind of failed. Yeah, you did <laughs> you fail. You shouldn't actually make it there. You should by that point you should pass out in a dumpster on the way to the Hemlock. And Andrew. Keep in mind, it's your 21st birthday. You have to puke. No ands, ifs, or buts about it. Seriously, unequivocally, you have to puke. That's true. That's the goal of your 21st birthday. Vomit. Drink till you puke. Drink till you puke. But uh, happy birthday in advance there, Andrew. Hopefully uh, this has been helpful. I'll send you an email as well. <laughs> With a map. Map yeah. quest <laughs> all these bars. Just a map for all these bars here. The path. Uh, people, you should sign up for the Sick and Wrong Forum. I was wondering, it was kind of slow this past week. Wait, I was wondering where everybody is. Kendra. Kendra hasn't posted in like a week. I'm wondering if she's okay. Probably not. I know she's been slutting around on Craigslist. I'm worried that she might be chopped up in some like pervert's freezer. Yeah, she probably found some psychopath. Being fed to coyotes right now. I know. I'm a little worried about she's it. Either, she's either dead or just banging her brains out. Yeah, or something, but she's not posting on the forum, and we're concerned. But you know what? It was picking up in uh, in uh, the past couple of days. I've noticed there's lots of new people. There's like over 300 people on the forum. So people, if you're new, don't be shy. Start making some posts. Right. Seriously. It's a totally unmoderated forum. Nothing will get smacked down. 
people will make fun of you, but then you just make fun of them back. It's, Put some uh, nasty porn up, and they'll love you. Post nasty porn, and everyone will love you. Exactly. Uh, did you see the broken Jesus picture that I, <laughs> that uh, the skinhead received? You, know, the you skinhead? mean the prize from the big gay wackily remix <laughs> Well, he was the runner-up. Liver Sack's the runner-up. He won the uh, second prize. And I sent him this awesome Jesus picture. Fucking U.S. Postal Service. It arrived smashed to pieces. So you're blaming the Postal Service, not your own packing abilities? Dude, I packed that thing with bubble wrap and a box. I heard that you sent somebody some fudge one time, and you <laughs> and you packed it awesome. So what's the problem? <laughs> I heard you were really good at, at that. Yeah, I'm pretty good at packing fudge. But it? just not packing Jesus. Uh, packing Jesus is no. But now this uh, the, the skinhead thinks there's some like Jewish conspiracy. Like I'm part of the Zionist regime <laughs> that's going to send him a Jesus to cut himself on or something. <laughs> I know. Keep those theories going. And also, uh, I know some guy posted about the International Mr. Leather Competition coming up in Chicago. As a matter of fact, he said he was going to go undercover and take pictures. But as a matter of fact, my brother is going to Chicago this week. First right. vacation in four years. Your brother's beyond the point where he has to say he's going out for undercover. He just fully admits, I'm going there because I like leather, sweaty, hot, I think he's bear competing. Man. I think he's competing. <laughs> really? I think he wants to be Mr. Leather. How come we're not supporting him in this? We oh, should we should have a you know. Dude, are you going to go there? No, but vote? I I maybe would get some you know promote some people to go there. I would definitely some people to go there. I would definitely make some pins saying you know vote Jeffrey, Mister Leather. Well, it's fucking 08. too late now. I just heard about this. But anyway, I told him he wants me to take care of his car. I said I'd take care of your car on one condition that you come on the show with your friend Mattress. And talk about the international Mr. Leather competition. Debrief us from IML. So he said he's going to do that. Uh, people, if you haven't already, go check out the Sick and Wrong store at Cafe Press. It's cafepress.com slash sickandwrong. Also, subscribe to the show on iTunes. Leave us a comment. We'll love you forever if you do that. And give us a vote on Podcast Alley. I think we're being beaten by that damn Bible podcast. Have we ever beat them? I don't know. Fuck them. The Bible is the most popular book of all time. I mean, we're just a little... We do articles. Yeah, but it still bothers me. <laughs> it still bothers me that those Christians win. Jesus is a powerful drug. So we're going to end the show this week with a song from Wisconsin's finest band, Killdozer. It goes out to uh, Pig's Eye. I really do love this band. Yep, I love the short story. Oh, the guy has a beautiful voice. He really does. <laughs> so we're going to end the show. Sing wrong song of the week comes from Killdozer. Uh, people, next week we're going to be doing episode 124. Might be a little late because I'm going to Vegas. But uh, hopefully I'll come back in one piece and be able to release a show on uh, Tuesday morning. Hopefully I'll have some interesting stories. That would be nice. Until next week, take a sleazy.